You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast presented by Boot Crew Media. And I know you're probably thinking, well, that was kind of fast. I mean, the season's over and still a little upset about the way it ended, obviously, with the Saints beating the Falcons, but the Rams going full-on choke mode against the 49ers, but it is what it is, right? The Saints are out of the playoff picture. The playoffs begin this weekend. The Saints will not be part of them for the first time since the 2016 season, which is an unsettling feeling, but you know what? We kind of understand it, and like I said in the last podcast episode, I think the Saints have enough resources to be better moving forward, and and that could mean a great 2022 season. We'll see. We don't know. It's way too early, and uh, I'm not going to get into that part yet. What I do want to get into, though, is a topic that I know a lot of you guys want to talk about. I know I want to talk about it. It's the Saints wide receiver room and what do they need to do to get better, right? Because that is a room that, let's be honest, if you didn't curse out the position group at least once while you're watching the games on TV, then I don't know if you were watching. I'm just kidding. But seriously, it is a group that the Saints need to get better at, right? It's a position group that they need to improve, whether it's via free agency, via the draft. So I'm going to talk about wide receiver free agents that could be of interest to you and hopefully the Saints, and then go into the draft. Now, I will say a little disclaimer. The draft is going to be the last part of this before I you know, wrap it all up. And I want to say before people start hitting me up with, oh, what about him? And what about him? And what about him? Which, by the way, I, I, I do appreciate. Like, I really do appreciate when I'm saying, oh, I'm watching this player and he intrigues me. And someone says, what are your thoughts on him? Like, I appreciate that you actually want to know what my thoughts are on that player. Like, it, it, it warms my heart. Uh, that said, I, I because the draft is still more than three months away, this year more than ever, I'm starting my process a little bit early on watching these guys so I could take a little bit more time. And that said, I'll talk about two receivers in particular later that I spent over a half hour watching each dude yesterday and kind of just getting a feel for their game. So I'll talk about that in a little bit. If I didn't talk about a player that you like, do not worry about that. I will eventually get to them and I'll just tweet my thoughts on them. So, you know, I don't want to exclude anyone. Uh, And even if you guys DM me and you want to know, and and I'll get back to you uh, there, you guys know I'm good with that part too. So, Draft talk going to come up a little bit. Free agency talk going to come up in a little bit. And just the room, just analyzing, which is going to be the first part. Before I do that real quick, though, just a couple of notes around the league. You have Jeff Ireland scheduling a visit with the Bears, which I think is fascinating, right? Like the Bears already went down that Saints path, getting Ryan Pace years ago. And I was looking at Ryan Pace, you know, going on Wikipedia. And yes, we all do it. We all, we all go on Wikipedia. I'm not, you know excluded from that group and because I was thinking I don't want a Ryan Pace reunion and I watch it happen but I don't want it and I was like wow I you know you almost lose track of time right if I told you you was at the Bears for seven years you'd be like no way it went that long but yeah it did so that thing played its course he was terrible there do not want him back but anyway the Bears are taking another shot at a Saints executive potentially doesn't mean they're going to hire him he's just part of many GMs that they're going to bring in But I do find Jeff Ireland a fascinating fit for one reason. If he goes, does he take Dennis Allen? And also, it's worth noting, Dennis Allen has not had an interview scheduled up to the point of this recording. Now, things can change. I would imagine they change. But I find that really interesting, right? Because I think if Dennis Allen were to come back, everyone would change their tune on the Saints defense. Like, if Dennis Allen leaves, we would say, yes, the Saints have the talent defensively, but I really need to wait and see how do they replace Dennis Allen, right? Now, if Dennis Allen doesn't get another job and he stays as the defense coordinator of the Saints and they bring back most of the talent defensively, you're going to sit there and be like, okay, let's run it back again. And that would give you a lot of confidence. But again, 
so much time before this offseason really, really ramps up. But in terms of the coaching and executive stuff, we're going to know that fairly soon. I would say within the next two, three weeks, you're going to know what the Saints staff and front office looks like. So that is that is interesting. So without further ado, let's get into the wide receiver. Let's talk about them. I know you want to. I know I want to. And before I do that, I want to start by addressing the elephant in the room. And no, I'm not saying he's like literally the elephant in the room, but the Michael Thomas situation, right? Like, I think that is something, if you're going to address the wide receivers for next season, we got to talk about it because, damn, we know how good he is, right? And it, it is the frustrating part of this whole thing, right? If Michael Thomas wasn't an all-pro offensive player of the year caliber guy, you know, him missing the season, you, you don't really, it doesn't sting as much, I should say. It would sting regardless if he was just good, but he's great. And when he misses a season, you feel it. You feel the aftermath and the effects of him being not being out there. The absence is, is significant. So, for me personally, I'm not saying Michael Thomas will not be back. So, when I say what I'm about to say, don't take it like, oh, my God, Chris thinks he's going to get traded. I actually don't think he's going to get traded, at least not yet. I am going to operate when I'm looking at receivers the Saints need under the assumption that Michael Thomas will not return to his all-pro offensive player of the year caliber form. And the reason I say that is because he had a serious ankle surgery, and it's not one of those injuries that you just come back from and you're immediately yourself. He could return to his old form, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does because he is competitive as hell. But you got to leave yourself that room because what if you're expecting all-pro Michael Thomas and he's really just really solid Michael Thomas, and all of a sudden... If the expectation level is not being met, you have to recalibrate the wide receiver room, right? But you don't have to recalibrate it if you're expecting, let's say, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl level Michael Thomas, and you get all Pro level Michael Thomas. That's just the cherry on top, right? You weren't anticipating maybe that added 200, 300, 400 yards of production, and that would really help. So for me, I think it would be dangerous to be like, okay, Michael Thomas is coming back. They got their all Pro back. That's it. They're good. That's the problem. And that's actually how the Saints got in this mess in the first place, right? Because they, they didn't have a backup plan. If Michael Thomas goes down, what do we do? If he misses an extended period of time, what do we do? Because Michael Thomas saved their ass for multiple years where he was just carrying the wide receiver room. And I think that actually the Saints were almost a victim of Michael Thomas' success in the sense that think about 2019. He carried the wide receiver room. Who the hell else really stepped up consistently? No one. No one at that wide receiver spot. I mean, we were going into playoff games not knowing who was going to be the number two. And even the year before that, right, when we thought that the Saints were making their Super Bowl run, I mean, Keith Kirkwood, that was the wide receiver too. We had to kind of convince ourselves. I don't know, man. It's crazy. So you can't go into next season just saying, okay, Michael Thomas will be back. We're good. No, 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 no. Michael Thomas being back would be good, really good. Let's get some help around him, though, so when Michael Thomas doesn't come back, you got to make make sure that 13 is 13 of old. That just seems unfair. So without further ado, let's talk about the wide receiver room that could be leaving, right? Because it's not just all about signing wide receivers or drafting wide receivers. It's also about retaining, right? And there's three guys. Now, one of them is really a tight end, but they got him listed as receiver. So I'm just going to just mark him down in that pass catcher group. But there's three guys, Traquan Smith. Deontay Harris, or Deontay Hardy, I should say. I, I don't know if the name change went in legal, so I, I just want to say this real quick. If I ever just call him by Deontay Harris, and obviously when he, everything changes and, and the NFL officiates it, I'm, I'm going to you know engrave it in my brain. It is no disrespect to obviously him and his choice to change his name. You guys know how I feel about Deontay. Deontay's a great dude, great player. Um, I've had some fun chats with him, so 
we'll see what happens in that situation. But he is going to be a free agent, not to get off track. Juwan Johnson will be a free agent, and Traquan Smith will be a free agent. Those are the three, okay? Out of the three, and I think you guys would probably agree with me, and if not, I would love to hear your stance as to why you don't agree. I would say Deontay's the one you got to bring back. Like, if you could only bring back one, Deontay's got to come back because Deontay has the blazing speed. Deontay continues to take steps in the right direction. And I think that's something I really like about Deontay is think about his first year, right? Not really a pass catcher, only 24 yards receiving, but you knew he's a great returner. The next year, a little under 200 yards receiving, you see a little bit of growth, right? This year, 570 yards of receiving. And mind you, he missed time, some by injury, some by suspension, three by suspension. So, you know, that those numbers could have been even better. And I kind of thought the Saints phased him out of their offense knowing that he was going to get that suspension. They didn't want to really just have a plan for a guy who might not be there for three games. So, but Deontay's the dude, right? He is that really, really quick, shifty guy that, look, you're going to need to have some receivers from this year's team. And I know you guys don't want, want to hear that, but some receivers from this year's team will be back for next season. And I think Deontay and Callaway are the two dudes that you want back. Deontay's got that speed and, and that rare trait. And also he's a damn good return man. And then Callaway. Callaway is a player who I thought disappointed me so much. And probably you guys too in the first half of the season. But I thought the second half of the season was really, really impressive. And I thought we saw growth and a guy who could eventually become a wide receiver three, right? And that's important. If you can become a wide receiver three, that helps everything. Because what you ideally want is Michael Thomas, a wide receiver two, who you're going to add this year, Callaway and Deontay. You want those four and maybe a fifth receiver. And hell, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't think little Jordan Humphrey would be the worst fifth receiver. I thought he made some really good plays this year. And even looking back at his numbers, you're going to finish off and look at little Jordan Humphrey and say, you know what, man? 249 yards for a guy like him who... Really only got like four starts. That's not that bad. Uh, not saying that's the plan, but again, uh, Traquan, interesting case. Sometimes he's good. Sometimes he's bad. Most of the time he's hurt. And and I think that's just the way I kind of look at Traquan Smith. And it's no knock on the dude, but the Saints can't sign Traquan Smith and have a huge plan as to what he, be, he would be in that offense. Now, I don't know what his market's going to be. I would imagine his market's not going to be nearly as good as he probably would have hoped it'd be before this season started. because. He missed time, right? And, and yeah, he finished the season on a really strong note. I thought that Falcons game was one of the best games he's played in a while. Probably his best, I would say, since the Eagles game in the regular season. He, I mean, he just killed the Eagles in that game. And then, you know, there was a couple of dry spells. And I think if Traquan were to come back and Deontay were to come back, okay, you have Traquan, Deontay, Marquez Callaway. That's, that's three okay receivers. And then with Michael Thomas and maybe a guy you add via the draft, I think that would be great for this team. But again, I don't know. Like, I'm okay with them walking away from Traquan Smith. I know he's a good run blocker. I know there are moments where he looks like a really solid receiver. But I guess let the market dictate what you're going to do there. And then Juwan Johnson, I mentioned before, he's really a tight end now. But, man, spot rack had him as a wide receiver. I was like, all right, whatever. I'll just... uh I'll just list him down on there since he is a good pass catcher. I can't see him having a crazy market. I think he'll be back. And I'm he's a curious player, right? Like, how does he take that next step? And, and can he take that next step? Because I talk about wide receivers, and I said I was going to be only wide receivers for this episode, but I did sneak a couple of tight end notes in here. And, and I will say this tight end room needs help. You know, when we think about this wide receiver room, we're all in unison, right? We're all saying that they need to get better wide receivers. I don't always see that energy for the tight ends. I see it most of the time, 
But there's sometimes where I see, I feel like people are like, okay with the tight end room. And I'm like, it's, it's not a good room. It's not a good room at all because it's Juwan Johnson, who you hope is going to take that next step. Adam Troutman, who you hope is going to take that next step. And Nick Vanette, who is just a limited player. He's been a limited player. He'll continue to be a limited player. Doesn't mean he doesn't have value, but none of those guys are game breakers. So the tight end room needs a little help. And I'll talk about that just briefly after I go into the receivers that are free agents. So let's get into some free agent wide receivers. I know that's something that you guys want to talk about and we're going to do it. So I think for me, what I really want to see is how do they approach the middle tier free agents, right? I think getting guys like Devontae Adams and Chris Godwin and Juju Smith-Schuster and, and A.J. Green, potentially, if he opts out of his deal, and Allen Robinson, I think those are kind of pipe dreams. I don't think the Allen Robinson one's that far-fetched, depending on what his market looks like. But look, there's going to probably be some teams that say, hey, we'll pay you still. Like, we're not going to judge you on this season. The quarterback situation was bad. We'll pay you off the year before. And that's possible, right? You know, I think his market value has taken a hit personally, but that's still possible. So I think for the Saints, you're probably middle-tier shopping. You know, maybe not getting the luxury brand, but the solid, reliable players. And I think there's two guys in particular that stand out to me. And I think for, for some of you, you might not care. that these, these names might not get you all excited, but you know what? For me, I'm I'm all on board. And the first one for me is Zach Pascal. And I, and I think for Pascal. Yeah, look, you're not gonna you're not gonna see his numbers and be like, oh, the Saints need to add that. But I will say, I think you can make an argument with Zach Pascal that a lot of his production took a dip from the the Colts going from Philip Rivers to Carson Wentz. And I know it sounds crazy, right? Because that should be an upgrade. All the pass catchers should have benefited from Carson Wentz being the quarterback, and and it should have been considered an upgrade from going from Rivers to Wentz. But I don't know if that's necessarily true. Like, I know Michael Pittman took that next step, but I think Pittman's such a special talent. But guys like Zach Pascal, guys that are really good in the red zone and just off receivers, they're physical dudes, and and Pascal particularly a 6'2 body. I don't know if his playing style really fit with Wentz. And, and I know he started the year really hot, right? Two touchdowns against Seattle, then followed it up with a touchdown against the Rams. And he was on pace to have a really good year, and then he just flatlined, and he just never really picked it up. But I think he's a player, if you look at his 2020 numbers, you look at his 2019 numbers, you know in a limited offense, he can get you 600 yards and about five touchdowns, right? That's not bad production. That's not bad at all. Now, if you put him on the Saints, depending on who the quarterback is, I can see those numbers going up. I could see him being a 750 yards receiving type guy in the right system, okay? But even if he kind of just stays at that 600 range, I still think that's a valuable wide receiver for a price tag that's not going to kill you. And, and look, they're, they're not going to break the bank and sign, you know, like I said, Devontae or Godwin or even Odell Beckham Jr., right, who is going to be a free agent. I know a lot of us would love to see what he can do in New Orleans, and I think that the Saints will probably make a push. But even OBJ, man, I think Odell, Be- Odell Beckham's played so well recently with the Rams. I mean, you know, take out the 49ers game, of course. He did nothing there, but just the Saints luck. What he's been able to do with the Rams – I, I think they're going to want to bring him back. I, I, th- I think he fits kind of what they're doing. Doesn't mean he's going to go back, but I, I think he fits what they want. And and I think he's going to cost a lot. But yeah, Zach Pascal is a guy that I'm interested in. And another guy that I'm interested in, I actually know that some of you are interested in him because you've, you you've been tweeting about him, I would say, before this season ended. And that would be Cedric Wilson of the Cowboys. Now, Cedric Wilson, I, I want to add, 
I think Dallas is going to retain him. And the reason I think Dallas is going to retain him is because I think Dallas is going to re-sign him and let Michael Gallup walk. And I think Michael Gallup is going to get a lot of money. And I know he has he finished the year with a torn ACL. Someone's still going to pay for him, you know? He's not going to miss all of next year. He'll be back at some point. And he's a really good receiver. I think he's a really good wide receiver too. So I think he will be back. Uh, he'll be somewhere else. I think Cedric will, Wilson will be back. But let's just operate on the assumption that we don't know whether or not he'll be back. Cedric Wilson's another receiver. Mid-tier, shifty guy. Was really kind of one of those special teamers that has really evolved into an all-around player. And you're seeing it this year. 45 catches, 602 yards, and six scores. That is the type of receiver I think could fit the Saints offense. He gives you a little bit of speed. He also gives you a good frame at 6-2. He could play special teams if he needs to, but you also would probably have Deontay back, so you don't have to worry about that. I, I think Cedric Wilson's a really interesting fit. You can use him on trick plays. We've seen him throw some nice passes actually this year too. So I, I actually think Cedric Wilson would be an ideal fit to the Saints offense. I think he would give them a nice middle-tier receiver that would elevate that group. So Zach Pascal, Cedric Wilson, those are two guys that I really, really like as those middle-tier receivers. And part of this whole thing is just being realistic, right? It would be such bullshit if I come on here and be like, oh, I think the Saints are going to get Chris Godwin, or I think the Saints are going to get Devontae Adams. Like, no, like that's not... One, it would be, uh, you know unfair to you guys for me to just say that and then get people's hopes up, but it's just, we got to be realistic. And I think those are two guys that I think the saints can absolutely be players in the sweepstakes for. And then on the flip side, if they do sign them, I think they can help. I really think they can help. And if you want two more names, and again, these names, I'm not as bullish on as I am with Wilson and Pascal. Uh, I would say Richard Higgins is a guy that I really like. I, I, you know, for some reason, I just think he's underused but I think there is potential there. And Ray Ray McLeod, Ray Ray McLeod, uh, you know, like this is less than middle tier for me, but I think he's another receiver who I think the last couple of weeks, I, I've personally seen something there. And I know, you know, Pittsburgh's got Claypool. They got Deontay Johnson. I would imagine they re-signed Juju. Uh, you know, when I spoke to him back in October, uh, excuse me, November, that was a sense I got. I, I thought they were going to re-sign him. Again, we'll see what happens, but... It'll be interesting, right? And I think Raymond McLeod, Rashard Higgins, those can be had easily. I think Cedric Wilson and Zach Pascal, that's like the next step up. And I kind of like that. I kind of think that's where the Saints do a lot of their damage with those type of free agents. Now, before I get into the draft with five wide receivers, I really, really love, just for the tight end position, going to keep it real quick. I love Mike Gusecki, man. I, I think if the Saints were able to like splurge on a free agent, that would be the guy that would splurge on. I think he would change this offense dramatically. A, a tight end who can make plays over the middle of the field, a tight end who can come up huge on third down, a tight end who plays almost every game. Like, what box does Mike Gusecki not check? And might I add with Mike Gusecki, this dude, he's been doing it with, with subpar quarterback play his whole career. Like, I, I just want to put that out there, man. He's doing it with Tua. He's doing it with Brissett. He's doing it with Fitzpatrick. I mean, th the quarterback play for him hasn't been great. And yet, over the last three years, he has over 2,000 receiving yards. The guy's good, man. The guy's good. I wouldn't worry about just the two touchdowns. I just think Miami's offense as a whole, it's bleh. So I, I think he'd be a great fit. Now, I don't think he would go to the Saints because I think his market value is going to be at least, I'm going to be honest with you, I think he's going to be at least a 12 to $13 million tight end. I, I think more. I think 15 is the range. But let's just say minimum 12 to 13. I don't know if the Saints want to spend that. But I, I think he'd be great for them. I, I, that is the tight, that, you know, 
you always have a free agent who you'd love to see on a team. And Mike Gusecki is th- that free agent for me this year. I, I think it would change so much about the Saints. And, and again, the tight end position, if you're not going to splurge on wide receiver, let's say, helping that position does a lot more than you think, you know? But there are two other options. Let's say they can't get Gusecki, and, and I don't think they'll be able to get Mike Gusecki. David Njoku and Dalton Schultz, those are two tight ends. I think Dalton Schultz's value has skyrocketed this year. And you want to talk about playing well in a in a contract year? Got to give Dalton Schultz his props, man. Breakout season, 78 catches, 808 yards, eight touchdowns. And it's not a fluke, right? Because last year, he had over 600 yards with four touchdowns with Andy Dalton as his quarterback. So you know the guy's legit. I think Dallas is going to want to bring him back. I'd be shocked if Dallas doesn't bring him back. But again, a 6'5 tight end who can block, who can catch. Oh, man, Dalton Schultz would be good for them. And then David Njoku... I think Njoku's gone. I kind of think his Cleveland tenure ran its course. But I will say, for an offseason where people were worried, will he want out? Will he want trade? get traded? For him to kind of improve off his numbers from 2020, that, that, that kind of spoke to me a little bit. I, I think they're, I think Njoku as a pass catcher, his ceiling really intrigues me, right? Because he has the frame at 6'4". He's really athletic. He's got solid hands. I, I think the inconsistency has been an issue. I just think with Cleveland, think about what he went into, right? He thought he was going to be the tight end. Then they sign Austin Hooper. Then they draft Harrison Bryant. And then he's probably, oh, like, wait a minute. What, where the hell do I fit in this equation? So he's going to be gone, in my opinion. And that's another tight end that I would like. And I know you guys are going to mention Zach Ertz. I don't know if he'd leave Arizona, but he could still ball. Now, last segment here to wrap up this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I want to talk about five wide receivers via the draft that I love. And no, the Saints can't get all five of them. They get one of them, it'd be a great success. Uh, so I should probably put in a Borat uh, clip right there. But let's talk about the first guy, Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. I'll keep this one very, very generic here. I have been watching Garrett Wilson since the day he had a spring practice his freshman year. Michael Thomas tweeted he was going to be special. And I was like, yeah, Michael Thomas said it. I'm going to keep him on my radar. And I kept him on my radar. And I saw last year that he was making really significant strides during the 2020 season. And I was like, okay, he's taking that next step. Now, Olave was still the dude. He was the guy that I was watching the most, but Garrett Wilson started emerging. And then this year comes around and Garrett Wilson just takes over and he says, I'm the top dog at Ohio State, which I think he is. You know, you could get into debates with people if you want. I think Garrett Wilson, I think you can make an argument Garrett Wilson was wide receiver one before Jamison Williams went down. And now Jamison Williams goes down. I think there's no debate as to who's going to be the first wide receiver off the board. I think it's going to be Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson has the ideal frame. I think he's got the great competitive nature to him that makes him special. I think he makes really tough catches in traffic. And Ohio State wide receivers, they've been having success, man. They've been having success. So Garrett Wilson, I'd love to see him in New Orleans, but, and it's an unfortunate but for you guys, I don't see it happening. I can't see him in New Orleans. I, I Look, if they trade up, sure. But as of now, they're picking 18. I would be shocked if Garrett Wilson makes past 12. I think he's that special of a talent. I think the Jamison Williams injury is going to push him up. So teams that need receiver help, Garrett's the guy. Now, that brings me up to number two. And these aren't me ranking them, guys. So uh, before you guys think, oh, my God, is this where you're ranking them? No, no. I haven't released any rankings yet. And if I do, that's a Twitter thing. That's not a podcast thing for me to release. I don't, you know, I'm not going to make you guys come over here to listen to me rank receivers. But the second guy on my list, that's the receivers I love, Jamison Williams. I know the ACL injury is heartbreaking, right? It happens in the national championship game. And frankly, before I get on a rant real quick, this is why I'm sick of people complaining about bowl games. 
these college players do not owe it to their schools to play in bowl games. Now, this is different. This was in a playoff game. I understand why he wanted to play, and I don't blame him. If you want to play, you want to play. So I don't blame these kids. But if a kid ever opts out of a bowl game, it's shit like this where it's like, okay, I understand why they do what they do because Jamison Williams is a guaranteed top 15 pick who now is not a guaranteed top 15 pick because he suffered a torn ACL in the biggest game, which might I add, he was balling out before he got hurt. Four catches, 65 yards, only in the second quarter. The, the guy probably would have had 150 yards in that game. And it wouldn't have been the first time he torched Georgia. It would have been the second time. So we saw the impact. Once he goes down, Alabama's offense changed. I think Jamison is that big play hitter. The dude's just great, right? The dude's just great. Now, is he Jamar? No. But man, he is really, really talented. And I think what I love about Jamison Williams is the career route, right? He's at Ohio State, and you see Garrett Wilson balling, and you see Chris Olave balling, and you just feel like, I don't fit, man. I don't fit. It goes to Bama, and it was a seamless transition, and he was great. And I think Jamison Williams is a no-doubt, surefire first-round pick. I know some people are going to think the ACL injury is going to knock him out. I don't. I really don't. And, and I'm going to be honest with you guys. If the Saints are picking 18, and they haven't fixed their wide receiver issues, and they say, you know what? We trust Jamison Williams' rehab. We trust the surgery, and we want to take him. I would applaud the pick, and I would. And that's because I'm a big believer in value at where you're picking. And if you think Jamison Williams is a top 10, top 12 prospect, and you could get him at 18 because of an injury that by the time you draft him, he'd be three months removed from surgery, I'd feel pretty good about that, right? And I saw some people like, oh, but if you pick him, he's not going to play next year. Jamison Williams will play football in 2022. He will play football in 2022. I don't know when. I don't know what week. Not my job to figure that out. I'm not a fortune teller, but he will play football in 2022. Firmly believe that. So Jamison Williams, you need not say more. The kid's great. And I wish him all the best in his recovery. And I would love to see him in the black and gold. Now, the third, the third guy for me, Chris Olave. I think Chris Olave is so polished. You know what you're getting the minute you get him. And I think he kind of has that Justin Jefferson quality to him where route running is going to be something he dominates from day one. And because of that, that will allow him to immediately make an impact, right? You don't have to worry about him getting up to speed and, figuring out the NFL game. No, none of that. He would play well. Chris Olave is up there for me. There's not much to say about this. I wanted Chris Olave last year. I was really upset when he went back to Ohio State. So if they want a mulligan, they want to take him, I would I would take Chris Olave. You guys know how I feel about him. Now, the fourth receiver, and now I'm getting into the last two, and these last two I watched extensively yesterday. So I'm feeling pretty good about these guys right now. Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Oh my goodness. So Admittedly, and I, and, I, and I have no problem admitting this stuff. Like when people ask me, I'm, I'm not going to lie to them. I, if I didn't watch a dude that much in college, I didn't watch a dude that much. But that's why we have three months leading up to the draft. So Traylon Burks is one of those guys I didn't watch a lot, but I also don't watch a lot of Arkansas football. If you're going to ask me about Purdue and Penn State and Ohio State and Alabama, like, yeah, I'm, I'm watching those schools consistently for work. Arkansas is not one of those schools I'm really breaking my back to watch. Now, I put on Traylon, uh, Traylon Burks' film, and I'm like, holy shit, this dude, A.J. Brown. Like, that, that's how I feel about Traylon Burks. I think Traylon Burks is going to go to the NFL and immediately make an impact. And I, I honestly don't know how he doesn't go top 15 when this whole combine process is over. I, I don't know how. Now, he's two inches taller than A.J. Brown and six pounds heavier, so he has that bigger frame. But he reminds me of A.J. Brown, right? You could get the ball to him in five yards. He's going to take it 50, and he's big, and he's bulky. He can make catches down the field that are physical. You see that with A.J. Brown. I, I would be shocked if Traylon Burks is not a star at the next level. He, you know, I, I, all I can say is, wow. Like, I watched him, and bad throw after bad throw after bad throw, 
and he comes down with every single one. And he's going up against SEC competition, so I don't want to hear that he's not playing the best of the best. He is playing the best of the best, and he continues to play well. So I think Traylon Burks, if there's going to be one guy you watch today, that you say, you know what? I'm going to watch him. Watch Traylon Burks, and you tell me whether or not that doesn't excite you, just seeing what he can do. Because, man, he's a really, really special talent. Really, really special talent. So I, I, he's a guy, for me, that, that I'm really intrigued by. Now, my fifth guy on this list, and he's another one I watched extensively. I tweeted about him yesterday, so you guys aren't surprised if I say this, but David Bell out of Purdue. I watched a lot of Purdue this year, admittedly, so because of the, the big games they were in. I mean, towards the end of the year, every game they were playing was against a top 15 opponent. You know, so I, I, I think David Bell is that unique technician that he's just going to find a way to make it work in the NFL because the everything's just easy to him, right? Everything's smooth. Now, I will say with, with David Bell, he might not be a game-breaker like Burks or Jameson Williams, but his movements remind me a lot of Michael Thomas back at Ohio State. Now, Michael Thomas is much taller than him. Michael Thomas had a bigger body, but you watch the way he catches and runs his slants over the middle, and more importantly, what he does when the ball gets in his hands. If you watch when he catches the ball, and what his, his next couple of movements will be, his next step, his second step. Watch that, then put it side-by-side side with Michael Thomas in college, and I swear they look the same. Now, that's not the justification for drafting a guy like David Bell. I think you draft a guy like David Bell because he's a great route runner, because he gets a good release, because he stepped up in every big game he played. He plays against Iowa, a top defense, 200 yards receiving. He plays against Michigan State, a top 10 team, over 100 yards, balls out. Against Notre Dame, Ball's out there on the road. The moment's not too big for a kid like this. And David Bell is a receiver who, right now, if you check most mock drafts, they're going to have him round two. But I wouldn't be surprised if he goes at the end of round one. And at the very least, he's going to be off the board after the first five picks of round two. So he is a really, 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 really intriguing player. And I'm excited, man. I'm really, really excited to see what a guy like that could potentially do in the Saints offense. But frankly, I would love to see what any of these five guys would do in the Saints offense. Now, I know I'd be setting myself up for disappointment if I think that's what's going to happen. I'm not saying the Saints are going to draft a wide receiver, but these are five really intriguing prospects, and I can't help but imagine if the Saints are to interview or scout these guys a little bit more in depth, they wouldn't be impressed. And I'm not going to say they're going to take him because God knows they're probably going to go like O-line with their first-round pick, but these are really good players. And, and if you have time today, pick one of these guys, go watch their film. And enjoy. You really would. I think these are five receivers who they get in the right scheme fit. They're going to have long NFL careers. So that's going to do for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. If you guys really enjoyed this and want me to do other positional breakdowns, whether it's Saints free agency, what the room looks like, what they could do via the draft, let me know. I'd be more than happy to do that. So feedback on this one is definitely appreciated because I don't want to sit here and bog you guys down with info if you guys don't, don't really, you know, if it doesn't really tickle your fancy, I should say. But if you guys like this one and it worked for you and you want to hear more about positions the Saints need to improve, I'll be all game. But that's going to do for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I thank you all for tuning into this episode. I wish you guys all the best for the rest of this week. And we'll be back here next week. Unless something breaks, if something breaks, I'll be back sooner talking about the New Orleans Saints. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.